Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is the show that covers all the different topics and all the different lore behind the Elder Scrolls. And I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here as usual with my my good buddy, Lotus of Doom. How you doing, Lotus? I am good. I'm good. Uh, glad that we get to record after a little delay from uh, my part. Real life got in the way the last uh, couple of days, but I'm glad that we uh, managed to still record this week and don't miss out on this episode because uh, we'll get into why Mirak is cool. Yeah, we're talking about Mirak this week and freaking real life getting in the way of all these fun topics and yep. video game stuff. But, uh, well, you know, we'll avoid that for the next hour because we're talking about one of one of the coolest freaking characters. I don't know, in the Elder Scrolls universe, or at least great villain, at least in Skyrim. But yeah, yeah Mirak. And uh, if, if you are one of the people who's brand new to Skyrim because you picked up the Legendary Edition and you hadn't played it, you know, 10 years ago when you got it, just a warning, this is part of Skyrim. This is part of the Solstheim DLC. You, if you yeah. were attacked by a bunch of cultists, this is a name that you might have seen pop up. Um, you may want to skip this episode if you don't want spoilers for the game because you're still working your way through that content. Right. Mainly, it's if you haven't completed the Dragonborn expansion, which right. is the final expansion to it, where you go to Solstein, like you had mentioned. Um, so if you don't want any of that story spoiled, he is integral to that. So maybe hold off on this one if if that's something that would bother you knowing kind of some of how the inner workings of his, uh, Mirak is, and you'd like to be surprised instead. Right, because the, the details are very interesting, and that's that's a great expansion. The story is really cool, discovering what's going on with this character. And Basically, it's one of my favorite expansions in any video game ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, really cool stuff. So in this episode, we're going to be getting into who Mirak is, and what's really going on with uh, you know, his character and why he's doing what he's doing. So uh, without further ado, let's let's dig in a little bit. So Mirak is the OG Dragonborn. And I was reminded of this during my recent uh, playthrough with my mom. So if you've been listening to the Skyrim with my mom episodes, um, we were uh, wrapping up the last episode and we, we headed back to... Um, to one of the towns and some cultists showed up and they were like there he is the false dragonborn and i was like what and i was like oh yeah oh yeah this is a thing this is a thing and so yeah so mirak claims to have been the original dragonborn the original one which brings up some really interesting questions here okay the original dragonborn well what about the whole Queen Alessia thing, the Alessian revolt. What about all of that right. stuff? And if that's something that you're not familiar with, go back and listen to our episode about that. We we talked about this during the you know the first era. Um, Mirak is from a time slightly before that when the dragons were part of the world still when they ruled over the mortals, when the dragon priests were involved with doing their bidding over the world and he was supposedly the first of the dragon born and right <laughs> and uh go ahead lotus the, the thing i just wanted to bring up because i i do i do like it uh just, just that it was mentioned from all the princess allegedly because mm -hmm. again it's this is predating a lot of stuff 
Right. Um, but on, on the flip side of this, we'll get into why Mirak has so much power and has over the years from, from some of his affiliations to that. But it, you know, it, knowing exactly what the past is with Mirak can get a little tricky because uh, it dates all the way back pre-Dragon Wars and stuff like that. So, right. right. This goes back a long, long, long way to like the yes. foggy edges of history here. Right. Now, um, one of your favorite people, one of your, you have kind of a love uh, cringe relationship with Michael Kirkbride. And, yes, a <laughs> uh, little, little bit. Yeah, Michael Kirkbride, who is one of the uh, key writers with a lot of the lore dating back to Morrowind and then early uh, Oblivion and then slightly, yep. slightly into uh, Skyrim. I absolutely love his stuff or really am super flinchy with it. <laughs> right, right. Love cringe relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a very good description of my <laughs> situation with this writer. Go back and listen to our... Um, our weird and wacky episodes from over the summer and you'll you'll get his takes on some of these things but he was he was questioned about this you know what about and and, and i read some posts about this and he said that um yeah mirak predates alessia but alessia had a relationship with um uh akatosh and she was the first in that line mirak however was a dragonborn in a different way than Alessia was. And he also didn't create a line of descendants the way Alessia did. Sure. And that he was the kind of dragonborn that you are in Skyrim in that you could absorb the souls of dragons. And she didn't necessarily have that same kind of power. So in his mind, there's a distinction on like what exactly that means and, and, and the use of the word dragonborn. So, um, he, in his writings kind of created a distinction there and kind of kept them separate. Yep. So, okay. So yeah, yeah, one thing, tomato, tomato, who knows? But the point here is that he existed a long, long, long time ago during the time of the dragons, the dragons were doing, you know, their terrible, terrible stuff. And one day the story goes that he came across a black book. Who knows where? under what circumstances and I guess decided to read it. And as we know, these black books show up for whatever reason and seem to have forbidden knowledge in them. And they are planted into the world by a one Daedric Prince, Hermaeus Mora. Everybody's favorite Daedric Prince. <laughs> well, Lotus Hermaeus of Doom's Mora. favorite Prince, one of my favorite princes too. Executive decision, everybody's. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and in that book, it shared with him knowledge about the uh, ways and means to apprehend some great power. Indeed. And also, potentially in that book, or in maybe future uh, meetings with this Hermaeus Mora, taught him a dragon shout, which allowed him to bend the will of dragons. So That's a pretty good one. Yeah. So the way I picture this is he finds a black book, which says something along the lines of like, hey, buddy, come work with me. I picture that's how it's written too. Yeah, it's it's probably Yo, written. Bro. Well, it's more probably more like, holy brother, come work with me. More marbles in his mouth yeah. while he's talking. Yeah, marbles in his mouth. I'll give you the power to control the dragons, and you won't have to do their bidding anymore. And then, of course, he you know goes and visits Hermie, Heart and it's perfect. They strike a deal, and then of course Hermie teaches him the shout, and then of course he decides that you know what, screw you guys i'm gonna do what i want you don't have to, you can't tell me what to do anymore because i'm gonna tell you what to do so mm -hmm. thus he uh he rebels against his dragon overlords and unlike any of the other dragon priests he now is set apart and different from the others right because he actually has the power to fight back against them whereas prior to fighting back against your dragon overlords was kind of like a not gonna happen thing right right now we only know him by the name of mirak which is also the name of the mask that he wears because yes. like so many of these other dra uh, dragon priests the masks themselves have names um, we don't know what his original name was. Like, was he like 
Hjalti Early Beard. Like, does he have a weird, funny sure. name? Kind of like uh, Talos might have, you know, like, we don't know. Right. We have no no sense of that. So any thoughts on any of this stuff so far? I know Hermie Moore is one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love the I and I mean, that's why that's part of the reason why I, I think it's such a cool expansion that he's involved with it. Just basically that was like a love letter to all of my favorite things in the series. It's like, you're going to Morrowind region and dealing with her, your favorite Phaedric Prince. It's like, wow, it's everything I want all at once. <laughs> uh, but Mirak himself, um, I do. And, and I wish I remembered where I actually saw it originally. So I, I, I a great way to explain the series, um, I feel, is Elder Scrolls deals in mysteries. So even though we've got some information on Mirak, I really like the fact that his past, like as old as he is and as much information as we are given and have from doing the expansion and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and his ties in Devon Mora, I do like that all of what we know is still in the end cut off by, well, where... There could there's more before he became a dragon priest and stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah. And that's that's what's obscured still. So as much as we can delve into with him and his history is like, you know, potentially the first dragonborn and stuff like that. It's interesting to know that it's still not all uncovered. We don't have the whole biography of Mirak. Um, And you can kind of see where. The, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it a little later on, I assume a little more in depth, but once he's granted some power from Hermaeus Mora, he uses that to acquire more power and to the point where By absorbing the souls of dragons, that's that becomes his main, his main sure. And, power and he, feed. Right. And he uses the knowledge he was given to, to control, you know, situations that normally he wouldn't be able to. But as a result of all of that, it ends up leading to him to almost like kind of rebelling against Hermaeus Mora, who gave him that, which is why then Hermaeus Mora no longer finds him of use, Mm -hmm. which is weird because it it kind of almost shows you the difference between the tiers of power within this universe where he can run amok and, you know, do all these impressive things, taking down dragons, fighting, you know, the battle against you or whatever. But then, you know, you still don't want to totally piss off the one who gives you power because there's always somebody with like another level of something. And when you start dealing with Daedric Princes, it gets real, real like it's a whole nother tier. It's yeah, it's it's hard to get a leg up on them. Uh, in most situations, especially when you're dealing with one who just delves in knowledge. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So so let's go. Let's follow the storyline a little bit more to kind of catch up with where you're going with it. So, yeah, uh, the, the rebellion that he he basically uses or creates happens during the Dragon War. And during that time is when Hack and One-Eye, uh, Gormlaith, Golden Hilt, and Thalader the Old, the the buddies that you meet in yes. um uh what's the the land of the Nord Dead, the uh um at the end of the storyline in Sovereign Guard. In Sovereign Guard. The the buddies that you meet up with, they're they're you know, they're ghostly forms and all that. You you meet you know, when we did the whole recap of this the storyline those guys who fought the dragons originally basically went to mirak and they're like hey listen you've got this crazy power you're you're not like the other dragon priests like why don't we combine forces and with your power we could stop the dragons and he was like nah i got this (laughs) i don't need you guys i'm gonna go off on my own and uh, he probably should have teamed up with them because the situation probably worked, would have worked out better for him because the dragons took out his temple. They raised his temple, which was on the island of Solstheim, mm-hmm. um, which caused him to have to um, basically retreat. So he goes back to Hermie, who hides him in his Daedric realm of... Um, Apocrypha. Apocrypha. Is right, right, right. Man, words fully, are so hard for me to hold on to. I, that's all right. I got you on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apocrypha. Right, right. So, uh, and the way that Hermie does things, of course, are, you know, unexplainable. Basically, he disappears out of time in a very similar way to the dragons. He just 
all of a sudden is just gone from the world for eras of the world. And that's when he reappears in the world is when the dragons reappear in the world as well. And that's when we see him in Skyrim. It's like he lives in Apocrypha for that entire time period. Now, does time pass the same way in Apocrypha as it does in Tamriel? In right. Mondays? It, like, it, mm, unlikely. Not, right. you right. know, it, we don't know, but seems unlikely, at least for the most part, that it, it has a parallel to time in in the you know normal world uh of the in-game or whatever and if and if it had then he was like kept alive by hermaeus mora sure mora would keep him alive for his uses or whatnot right but during that time while he was in apocrypha he eventually became tired of hermaeus mora and realized that he had just traded one (laughs) one master for another Right. Exactly. He was was basically like, okay, well, now I was serving the dragons. Now I'm just serving Hermaeus Mora. I fell into a trap. Basically, I was given more power, but now I'm just serving Hermaeus Mora because I'm, I'm simply following what he wants me to do to whatever goals or ends Hermaeus Mora has. Yep. And so now he's pissed off Hermaeus Mora, gets kicked back into the world and is now trying to rebel against Hermaeus Mora. And so that's when you come across him. (laughs) and have to deal with him yes and i will say um the introduction to mirak uh, is one of so so i had mentioned that he's a great villain and one of the things that i love about the way mirak is introduced in game so this will be kind of gamey and how how the expansion kind of starts uh so this is kind of where we'll delve more into a little spoilery stuff um sure yeah, we're not going to hit too much on the gameplay yeah. stuff that happens. This is more about him and his, his story. Right. Um, the reason that I feel that Mirak makes such a great villain and is introduced in such a cool way is regardless of where you are in the story, um, like the main game and the way I played Skyrim was right out the gate from, from launch night onward. So this expansion came after I was off the rails, overpowered, like, nonsense numbers like i'm just smashing through everything and when you go to visit solstheim and or you kill a dragon which is is one of the coolest things he takes the soul that you would normally take yeah yeah so no matter how powerful you are it limits potential in-game growth and immediately sets you on odds against this character because at that point without fighting him you can't collect more dragon shouts because you can't learn new souls i absolutely love that way that he was brought in like that that is it was a great way to make me immediately be pissed i was like what who is this i was like what is this crap those are my dragon souls right right (laughs) so i just i love his introduction it was i don't know i thought it was a great way of kind of i don't ever like when games strip away your power like oh you know that weird parallel but like in metroid you always lose all your gear and you have to get it over again like that that's the thing yep when i've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours building up this super awesome character where i'm joking that like nothing can stop me and then all of a sudden they come up with this way without taking away your power to be like fine you just can't progress then it's like oh it is on mirac like uh, <laughs> you're not taking my dragons <laughs> i just i that's one of my favorite introductions to a villain i was like oh i actually really want to fight this dude right out the gate i was like we, we're not doing this so because he becomes like an actual rival Yes, he feels like a rival dragonborn the way right. he's portrayed. He he basically griefs you constantly because he has the same abilities you do, except he's been around longer and can do it passively from a distance where it's like, yo, I'm the one fighting the dragon and you're getting the soul. This is some bull right here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to answer some questions in chat, uh, we have a question. Uh, have we seen Mirak anywhere else besides uh, ESO or Skyrim? Well, he doesn't show up in ESO because during that time period in the second era, he's, he would still be missing an action. He's off the grid. He's he's yep. in Apocrypha. Um, right. He only shows up in Skyrim in the games. Um, he's not mentioned anywhere else. In fact, in Skyrim is the only time he even comes up at all because yep. we get the stories of the the dragon priests and, and the dragon. <laughs> he's got a non storyline related very cool looking uh, Elder Scrolls Legends card. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you, go. there you go. Yeah, but no no story parallel. Uh, it, it's just he exists literally there. That's the only thing. 
Right. Um, and then T-Rex asks, uh, is he a self-proclaimed dragonborn? Um, well, he's he's actually a dragonborn because he has the abilities of a dragonborn. Right. So uh, he doesn't have to tell anyone. I mean, he, he admits he, it, but. He, right. He, he is. And it, uh, to be fair, it seems very likely that he is not full of it. Like he. Mm-hmm. he it seems to be a weird situation when you think of Alessi and stuff like that. But the way you put it is he's a different type of dragonborn. You're not royalty as the dragonborn necessarily in right. Skyrim. You have dragon blood, but you're not like of the septum line or the Alessi. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's a little different. Not everyone he, who has dragon blood is of the royal line. Exactly. That's exactly. probably the way we should say it. So just That's because he had really good way dragon it, right? blood in a time before the Alessian you know empire yes doesn't mean that he was destined to be an emperor but yeah and and that's just it he's kind of like you know he's proclaiming he's the first dragonborn which could very well be the case he may have been i mean if there's no other proof of any other dragonborn existing before him then maybe he is or maybe there were but nobody knew about it exactly (laughs) so in that case then he might as well be because he he is but he remembers it right right Right. (laughs) like if if you don't if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it did a tree fall you know like (laughs) right and history is told by the victor and if everybody else around him is dead he can just be like yeah no it's me man i'm yeah nobody nobody else knows about it so right i guess it's you um so yeah those are some those are some good questions um so anyway, the, the story goes on. And of course, you, you deal with him. And of course, you have to fight him and um, claim that you are more powerful than he is. But of course, he believes that being the first means that he's the better and that you're the last. And so you're not as good as he is. But, yeah, you know, you my claim is he's just older. He's just an old grumpy old man who is <laughs> time has yeah. come and shouting for me to get off his soul time. <laughs> get off my soul time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in his return, he has basically enchanted the uh, the people of soul time to do his bidding and rebuild yes. his temple. That's kind of which his whole Rob thing. the princess mentioned it in chat. Another thing that is really cool is when you are on the island, those like prayer rocks fragment things that are mm-hmm. oh my god those are very cool because you just you yourself actually kind of <laughs> when you're dealing with the black book sometimes you wake up and you're just working on the things it's like oh god yeah <laughs> it's like yeah you took control of my mind it was like i don't like that so <laughs> yes yeah so he's he becomes very powerful and he has um, some shouts even when you fight him that he, he does he uses against you and all of that but tell you what we're going to get more into his abilities some of the things he does and then some of the other like lesser known details that we like to pull from mm-hmm. from some of the stuff that I mean some of the I mean, some of the gamey stuff some of the like game breaking stuff and the info that yeah. may or may not have supposed to have been in there uh, right we'll talk on, on some about some of that stuff when we get back from the middle of the show because we got to thank our patrons so we'll be right back The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire, and every one a sign. So, man, this has been a busy month. And uh, just a reminder, as you as many of you guys know, we've changed up some of the things with the way the episodes are set up. Um, And based on some of your feedback from from last week, I've reissued the first episode to be part of the free episodes that are out there so the very first episode about creation is now available again so if you are a new listener um everything from the second episode up to like the 90th episode are on the patreon for for people right um so because those are those are older episodes they don't match the way the show is still go listen to the what is technically the first episode on the list that describes why i've moved those episodes to patreon only and it has a lot to do with the the quality of the show the way the show has changed over the years and those kinds of things but the very first episode where i talk about the creation story and all of that stuff is is now available again for all the new listeners so you guys can get a sense of what the early show was like so if you if you like that style where it's just me talking about the lore and you want to get it get a look at 
what's going on with those earth the first like 90 early episodes then that'll give you a, a glimpse at it and then if you decide you want more of that content all you have to do is sign up on patreon it's like five bucks and you can get access to every episode that we've done with no ads including those first 90 episodes so if you only want those first 90 episodes for five bucks that's like six cents per episode it's like a super good deal and i'll, I'll teach you how to um how to get your money's worth on that just sign up for one month download all the episodes and then unsub that's <laughs> that's all you have to do you'll get all 90 episodes and then you go back to listening to the most recent episodes on whatever podcast you have so um i'm totally cool with that if that's just what you want to do in order to get those 90 episodes in order to listen to all the old stuff uh but i wanted to get you guys into the episodes with me and lotus because that's the the way the show works now as fast as i could because that's just the way it works. So anyway, since I've it's done been that a couple years now since I've been here. Yeah, you've been you've been a part of this for so long. And that's the way the show is now that I just didn't want to get people bogged in down with like 90 episodes of the way the show used to be and then have to go through the changes if they're catching up on all the episodes. So um, that's the, the main reason why I did it. But go listen to my whole explanation if you're new for why things have changed and what's going on with that. But thank you to all of our new patrons. We've got five new patrons since the last episode because you guys are signing up and a lot of you guys I think are signing up to check out some of those old episodes. So thank you to Fepla and Michael Y and Cosmic Butterfly and Spencer C and Christopher C for joining the Patreon. You guys are awesome. Thanks for being here. And also a uh, big thank you to our Daedric Princes, our tier five patrons, Mr. Gami Boy and Noodle El Dente. And we are now up to get this Lotus. We're now up to 70 one patrons oh my lord i know you guys are awesome thank you so much um el tai welcome to the chat uh, it says i signed up for a year i don't know what you, which name is yours everyone has different names on different things but that's awesome yeah you get a big discount if you sign up for a year that you get a, a significant percentage off so you're welcome to do that as well and um uh yeah and some good at game says he's getting his brotherhood of steel shirt from the fall lorecast shirts are going out i know the new shirts are going out uh, people are getting shipment of shirts and stickers and all sorts of things you guys are awesome i want you guys to get as much as you can for supporting the show so go check all the different tiers um and even if you're just just signing up at the five just signing up at the five dollars level that's huge it's a big support to me thank you so much and i i'd love for you guys to get ad free episodes and and at, you know early episodes and all that stuff so if we're doing anything to help you get through your work day your work week your drive to work or uh, rushing to make dinner in order to get to a podcast because you pulled out the other dinner you're gonna make and it was like spoiled, even though it was like two days before the expiration date on the food, which is super weird. Why does that happen? Uh, then go to patreon.com. Such specific situations people <laughs> listen to this show under. It's, it's very peculiar. It, it, it's, it just happens, though, yeah? <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Uh, we also don't have any new ratings or reviews this week, but if you listen on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating with some words, I will read it out on a future episode of the show. And also, if you listen on Spotify, which is the majority of you guys, and you go to the part, the page where you can see all the different episodes on your mobile device, then scroll to the top and leave us a five-star review on there. That helps get us out there to as many people as possible and we would really appreciate it so that's it let's get on with the rest of the show yes yes you're entirely brilliant conquering madness and all that blah 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 all right uh lotus anything else about mirak that you want to throw in here before i move on to some other things no we can jump into the next set because there's a few more things that i think i'm uh I, it'll be good i'm excited to talk about as we progress forward into some of the more um esoteric bits with him <laughs> yeah okay okay so um let's see what are we going to get into here what do we want to cover next uh he has some um some uh, let's talk about his combat let's talk about his uh the shouts that he likes to use um being that he's a he's a powerful dude right and again we were talking about how he's basically like a a, a real uh what was the word i used he's a um, man, words are falling out of my brain. This is the problem when you take migraine medicine because it messes with your brain. Um, and a rival. And he was. He's like. He's a legitimate rival. So yeah, he and uses. He, really is. he uses shouts like you do, but he can use them faster. He's legitimately yeah, cool. more powerful because it, yeah. they they proc faster than yours do. So he can use fire breath, frost breath, bend will, which you can't do. Um, dragon aspect become ethereal cyclone whirlwind sprint and unrelenting force 
that's like his those are his go to shouts when when fighting him. Um, and uh, he 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 his. Uh, so it says here in in the thing, um, his shouts lack time limits, but he also doesn't seem to use them as frequently in the fight as uh, the Greybeards would, which is weird because who fights the Greybeards? <laughs> I mean, the Greybeards are just they're so old. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> they're just. I mean, they're super powerful and stuff, but it's just it's it's just peculiar to think of them as as a potential adversary. <laughs> yeah. Who shows up and is like, all right, you guys are going down. Yeah. They, they, they teach you. you. They teach you shouts. Like, why would you it's take like, them out? It's just being helpful. You know, right. <laughs> they're just there to be like, oh, you're and protecting cool. Parthenax. I know. I know. Uh, my, I introduced my mom to them in the playthrough this week mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, these old guys. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an accurate description yeah, of the, the gray beard. Old guys who live on top of the mountain. Yep. Yeah. That's them. Um, Rob, the princess says, I accidentally have fought them. <laughs> they kicked ass. <laughs> yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> I believe it. Um, he can also cast spells like lightning bolts, uh, generate wards and use healing spells. So he's got a bunch of different stuff. He has a staff yeah, can, where he can yep. summon, summon fields of wreathing tentacles that can cause severe poison damage. So this goes into the whole Hermimora kind of tentacly. Yeah, you can side. definitely see some of the um, Mora influence in his power. Uh, and you know repertoire of spells and skills that he's got going for him yeah um so here's another thing that i think is so cool is that when you look at the character and the design even his mask is influenced by hermimora which is interesting from a like historical perspective because i would assume that before the influence of hermimora his mask probably looked a lot more like a regular dragon priest mask yeah like if you if you think of croesus or something like that actually hold on for this conveniently on my desk we'll do a quick uh <laughs> visual aid check this out yeah. i was gonna say for anybody yeah. on the video feed yeah. so this is a normal dragon priest mask um right. but it's like his and- mask has been corrupted by his time with hermaeus mora in that the bottom and the top of the mask have grown like tentacles Yes. And it, it extends down, honestly. So the, the best uh, way I can try to describe this would be if you think of um, what's his face from Pirates of the Caribbean, the uh, is it Davy Jones? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and yeah. like the tentacles go down. Well, imagine that type of thing in mask form mm-hmm. and you have kind of like a, a mix basically of what Mirek has become. Like you said, assuming that it's probably like the influence of Hermaeus Mora as it goes on as you know, and it, he's sort of like takes on the appearance and evolves into part of apocrypha and some of the aesthetic of apocrypha right and the other thing that i i would assume is the influence of hermaeus mora are some of his um his resistances and his immunities so for example um using certain abilities on him even even shouts don't seem to have much of an effect so if you use unrelenting force even if it's fully powered up it only gives the briefest of little staggers like it barely nudges him at all um you can't use paralysis the wabajack has no effect <laughs> which is interesting because it's, it's another daedric weapon right right uh mayrun's rager rager razor rager yep <laughs> words uh has no effect um again another daedric weapon so it's it's as if he has hermaeus mora's protection on him Right. Which when you're dealing with him, you're also in Apocrypha, which would weaken anything of a Daedric Prince. Like when they jump realms to each other, that's basically their pocket where they're going to be the strongest. But it's kind of like it, it's not going to work if you're bringing another Daedric artifact into somebody else's house and expecting it to have the same degree of power. It doesn't quite transition as well. Right, right. Um, and Rob the Princess in chat says Jurgen Windcaller could swallow shats, so Mirak could probably too. Yeah, oh, that yeah, might that, be, that's that actually might be part that's of a it. good point. That's a good point. 
Yeah. Um, and then disintegrate, uh, decapitation don't work. Uh, you can't reanimate him once he's dead. Um, and then <laughs> damage. Be really funny. Wakey, wakey, Mirak. <laughs> fight for me. <laughs> yeah. Come fight for me, buddy. Uh, the damaging liquid pools found on the summit of Apocrypha don't hurt him. Yeah. So those those things all don't have effects at all. Um, and then uh, there's definitely some quotes. Do you have any any favorite quotes of his? Um, no, I, I mean, it's, <laughs> the, the, the thing that I personally just like is his sort of unrelenting needling at you um mm, yeah where he's just constantly he's a rival right like he's he he is he's throwing um, down some smack he, he absolutely and and that's just it he's got some like good ones i was gonna say and they're all it's, it's kind of funny i like how these quotes from, from the uesp uh, they're segregated to what will trigger them which is kind of interesting yes um, yeah yeah <laughs> But one of the ones that I personally just find very funny that he can yell out uh, is just, I'm done being Hermaeus Morris Bond, which is absolutely not true in any way, shape, or form. And yeah, well, actually, <laughs> here, here, I have it right here. Check this out. I am done being Hermaeus Morris Bond. His voice is cool. It's like metallic. It, yeah, he has a very cool voice. It sounds like he's talking through a metallic mask. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he's he's definitely got a really cool vibe to him. Like I re I really like his, uh, honestly, I hadn't heard his voice in a while. It's, it's pretty cool. Like he, he's got a, he's got a pretty ominous voice, but yeah, he's, he's got some good, some pretty good smack talk that he throws at you. Yeah. How about this one? It's too late for regrets. Dragonborn. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, like he, yeah, he's, he's, He's a good nemesis. He's really a good nemesis. I, I've always preferred him. I thought he's one of the better villains in a video game because, again, when you have the potential to be so overpowered, and don't don't get me wrong, for the final, when you have your final showdown with him, you can kind of beat the living crap out of him because you can be so off the rails powerful. Sure, but yeah, video path, games, right? <laughs> right, because video games. But the path up to him, they do a good job of not letting you just like run in and truck mirac immediately he definitely gives you some hiccups which you overcome and then you know you have your final battle which you, theoretically you'll win but um it, it is interesting just because the path up to him you definitely kind of don't f it gives you a couple power checks just f like we had discussed where it's like oh i don't i don't like that like <laughs> i don't like you having the ability to have a one-up on me in this direction that's most unpleasant so yeah. um yeah, yeah I, I think he i think he makes a good you know dark link to your link while you're doing this <laughs> yeah yeah that's a kind of an interesting point um so here's what he says uh when he steals the soul from the dragon so you can't take it after you kill a dragon this dragon's soul belongs to me the echo and stuff yeah it's so good this is uh, a jerk. yeah 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 um uh <laughs> uh this uh, here's a fun taunt you have no idea of the true power a dragon born can wield yeah and the, the accent too you know the old like nord accent well and that's the thing you can tell to a degree that like he he has a nordic accent to him or, or you know, it at least feels like that with the metallic overtones and stuff like that. But it's mm -hmm. just like it's got that it's got that kind of Nord inflection to it. Yeah, another taunt. This one's good. Your death will not be that painless. <laughs> um, and then, and then sometimes he gives you some credit, like this one. The graybeards taught you well. Oh. Yeah, that's that's where he's about to die, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's one of the ones. Yeah, I, I think that's like his yeah. finishing, like he's on the way out. Yeah, it's like, like oh, oh, no. all right, all right. Okay, yeah. all right, this isn't going so hot. I'm going to own up. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, or, or this one. There's no escape from this place. <laughs> Good luck. I, I like how he's on standby. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so he's fun. Like, he's such a fun, interesting character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the dragon priests in general are very cool. And him being kind of like the granddaddy dragon priest Omega there is, is it, you know, they turned him into something very, very cool in a very, 
both familiar and wholly unique environment because we hadn't seen Apocrypha prior to this expansion. Um, and when you're chasing him down, you actually, that's, this was kind of the first time you really got to see what Apocrypha is like. So it was also a cool, cool tie in beyond just him to flesh out that Daedric realm as well. Yeah. Yeah. So a fun, fun note about the, the voices he's voiced by the voice actor, Peter Jessup. And um, you may not know the name, but you might know some of the characters that he's played. So he's he's credited as being in Back for Blood, which came out recently, but more well known. He was in Mass Effect and he was the voice of Sovereign in Mass Effect. Yep. Uh, Destiny 2, he's he's credited as Guardian. And there's only one time I know of in Destiny 2 where the Guardian actually talks rather than your little uh, little ghost ghost. Yeah. Um, Let's see. He was also in uh, he's he's got a lot of these like side characters in a lot of different video games. Uh, He has acted in a few TV series uh, like Suspense. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that one. uh, Exo male in destiny two. He also played a character in that, uh, final fantasy, some of the final fantasy games, Lego star Wars, additional, uh, voices. <laughs> but, but the other big one that people will recognize is that in fallout four, he was paladin dance. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure people are going to go, Oh, huh. what? Yeah. Yeah. So Mirak was in the Brotherhood of Steel all along. <laughs> so, yeah, masked masked people, people who wear masks. Um, trying to figure out if there's any other connections between those all two right. characters, but <laughs> mm, no, probably not. But all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's been in a lot of video games. Um, very much a video game voice actor. He's played a lot of a lot of kind of general roles, uh, yep. but some very specific named ones. And feel free to look them up if you guys want to look through the whole entire list. There's there's a bunch, but those are those are the ones that most of our audience would recognize. Um, so very cool stuff with that. Now. Now let's get into the fun little trivia nuggets here. Um, and we, we could go more into Mirak and some of the steps in the quest line is that those kinds of things. But yeah, we don't really need to detail each step in the quest. We're that's not going to do the that. fun of playing the game. Right. That's go, not really what we're here for. Go play the game. Right. So that's that's the general lore of the character. And th- those are the kind of the meaty fun bits. This is the fun trivia stuff. I think one of the most interesting pieces here is that um, the character of Mirak in the game doesn't actually have a uh, programmed in or designed character face. So yeah. he has like the mask and like the, the the outfit, right? But if you actually take the mask off, it will randomly generate a male Nord face <laughs> and hair. So awkward. Right. So like... If you play the game and you took the, the mask off and I play the game and I take the mask off, we're both going to see different Mirax. <laughs> yeah. In fact, everybody's going to see a different Mirax because it's just going to randomly so create a different Nord, like male Nord number 3,427. Right. Right. Like we're all going to see different Mirax, which is super weird, but I can see why they did it because it was easier than just creating one and just, but they could have just randomly generated one or had it re- and just regenerate kept- the same one based on a, an algorithm. Well, the only thing that I think, I mean who knows if it's ever happened and the person might not have known, but just, it would be unbelievably enter <laughs> entertaining. If when you take off Mirax mask, it rolled randomly what you had made. Uh-huh. So you thought it was like the <laughs> super deep mirror image meaning. Oh man. <laughs> it's just oh, man. total chance. That would be, that would be really interesting. <laughs> Um, so on top of that, the um, the Mirax in the game, there's actually so every character, every item, every everything in the game has different IDs um, and the Mirax in the game. And I say Mirax, there's multiple IDs for Mirak in the game, depending on where you interact with Mirak in the game, whether you're in Apocrypha or whether you, you like Mirak shows up in Skyrim because he's swooping in on a dragon to steal a dragon soul or whatever. So there's actually what, five different Miraks <laughs> that oh, show weird. up. Yeah. With different IDs. So if this you're is getting meta. <laughs> yeah. So if you're actually the kind of person who's like modding the game or using the console to spawn a Mirak, you can choose one of those five and they're all different actual Miraks. 
which is super weird. Um, so that's another oddity. <laughs> um, let's see. There's a whole list of these if you if you look up on the wikis. Um, uh, much of Mirak's dialogue seems to have been cut, but game data reveals the Dragonborn and Mirak converse longer before the battle at the summit of Apocrypha takes place. Yeah. Some of these lines include, I grieve that you must meet your end this way, but necessity demands it. And you, you are the true Dragonborn. Like he, he gives in at some point and like admits it, but that was cut. I'm assuming that was on his way out, like that previous, uh, what is it? The Greybeard's uh, you stronger, well. stro- Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. And then well fought Dragonborn, but I'm afraid this is not over. I shall return and take what is mine. What? Yeah. I, either they were intending you to fight. My, my assumption would be maybe they intended for you to fight him multiple times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like like full on battles and that was maybe one of his exit lines that's right or there was planned to be another conflict after apocrypha like somehow he escapes back to skyrim and then you you fight him on the island or something right solstein yeah um uh in the official pre-release trailer and artwork mirax robes are purple but in game they appear brownish green you ever notice that they actually yes. change color. Uh, there's mod. There are mods out there that actually revert the robes back to the original trailer color. So interesting. Um, I don't know why they made that change or why the art wasn't in line with the actual game. So weird. Um, Merrick is the only dragon priest to be listed as a character rather than a creature. He's also the only one to be alive as opposed to all the other dragon priests in the game being undead. Oh, weird. I didn't know that. That's that's freaky. Yeah. Yeah. But it makes sense. Like he he did. Sure. die. He's he's literally not dead until I meet him. Right. Right. Uh, huh. When when the Temple of Mirak, that's the name of the quest, is completed. And if at the summit of Apocrypha, another quest is not completed. Mirak may steal the dragon souls that the last dragonborn kills in, in Skyrim and Solstheim. So and, and you talked about this. He actually swoops in on a dragon. And will steal the souls, right? Yep. Um, besides Azadal, he is the only dragon priest who has a set of armor. So those are the only two that actually will drop sets of armor. Mm-hmm. Um, attempting to reach Mirak's skeleton while absorbing the dragon souls he stole results in a warning in the upper left corner of the screen. This person is busy. Only <laughs> after his skeleton stops glowing can he be searched. <laughs> Perfect. I'm sorry. I'm too busy glowing right now. Help. <laughs> um, and as he lived during the Merithic era, Mirak is the oldest living human on Nern at well over 4,500 years old. Wow. By the time he comes not, back into the world. Yeah. Right? Not so smug there, Diveth Fear. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Nobody talks about that. <laughs> Super weird. Um, there's also a huge list of weird bugs and oddities and things. If you guys want to look up those things, but, uh, we're not going to go into all of those, but, uh, and Rob, Rob princess says again, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, that's Merrick. Any, any last thoughts? I mean, I know you love Hermie Mora. What would you think about sure do. hanging out with Hermie for a few thousand years? Look, I think that'd be just fine. And actually, (laughs) I always just, it'd be just fine. Um, But no, from, from my, uh, I guess my Dragonborn's perspective, if you wanted to go into backgrounds on stuff, um, you know, I, I was perfectly happy to replace Mirak as Hermes Morris champion. So, you know, (laughs) I assume that after my adventures ended, that's, that's where my character went to just chill with Hermie, uh, until it was required that, uh, I come back for something. So, (laughs) okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to take Hermes Morris's uh, I don't know. Mirax place at Hermaeus Morse right tentacle. Uh, <laughs> uh, so here's but a question. Yeah. Here's a question to, to leave you and everyone else with whether time moves differently in Apocrypha or not. You're hanging out there in, in Hermie land. Yeah. Right. It's not like he's got like golf courses or TV to watch. <laughs> right. Like what he what he does have are just shelves and shelves books so many books so many books and the books that we do know he has on those shelves are books of forbidden knowledge and the knowledge 
in those books, we also know by looking at the other mm, denizens of Apocrypha drive you mad. Mirak is not the most sane individual in the world, but he's also not clearly like bonkers. Yeah, he's sentient. He's very he's very driven. He has a very specific goal. It also seems to kind of match the original goal that he had. Like he's he seems very clear, (laughs) like clear headed. Right. He's not like babbling in a corner and drooling out of the side of his mouth. Yeah. How did he did Hermie keep him from going mad? Like, what else was he doing all of that time? Was he not reading the books? Like, maybe how did he maintain all his that sanity? Maybe he's playing all that noxious ink that everything's <laughs> right. It's everywhere. Now, it, it is interesting because um, and, and, and if he did read those books, what no, what other knowledge did he have? Right. And, and the thing is, like, you can I mean, in his situation, he pieced out because he had to essentially retreat um with the destruction of his temple but like a lot of times it's not like you're going to be tethered to that realm necessarily because hermaeus mora it's funny a lot of the daedric princes obviously uh have their own like agendas and stuff like that and it's funny because with hermaeus mora and it's it's shown Whenever you get interactions with Hermaeus Mora, Hermaeus Mora is totally fine with you as long as you're fine with being like you need to be providing something to Hermaeus Mora still. And then once he's done, it's like, okay, I don't care. Like super apathetic about whatever the situation is. Um, so it's interesting that he would keep Mirak around for that long because what exactly it's unlike Hermaeus Mora to continue like having somebody linger around if they're of no real use in that situation. And it seemed like he actually didn't because he was no longer traversing out of there. So either there was more to it, to your point, like, why was he still saying, what was he doing? Or normally you'd assume that he would be out and with Hermaeus Mora's objective of collecting more forbidden knowledge. That's always kind of the goal. ESO has a couple really cool quests where you can encounter some of the watchers that are going out to try to collect stuff and things like that. Um, it, it seems peculiar that Merrick would essentially be able to just kind of sit on his hands afterwards and consolidate his power to be like, okay, I, I yeah. think I'm going to actually just fight against you because you're too restrictive. It's like, that is not generally the, the MO that you would normally get from that. So it's an interesting twist from whatever that situation. And that might lead to some of the explanation of why, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, why he didn't get the, get the crazies in that situation, so to speak. Unless, unless Hermes Mora knew that he was going to rebel against him and let him Which out is, into the world for the, for the sole purpose of, being a chaotic entity in the world well, in order to disrupt the the goals of the last dragonborn well that which also leads the last dragonborn to hermaeus mora which if you right. take out mirak you essentially have done what hermaeus mora. that's the problem with the hermaeus mora like it's a complicated for- link of things that eventually drives something Get- else back to Hermes Mar, which may have been his goal all along. Right. And and a lot of the Daedric princes do that to varying degrees. <laughs> and yeah. Hermes Morris tend to seem to always work out, unlike others, where it's just like, I mean, I guess when you're scrying the tides of fate, you can see a lot of what's going to happen still, which it's almost like you, you know, when when you're looking at that type of stuff, you know, you essentially that's what the elder scrolls themselves kind of do and it's like well when you're when you're doing that you probably have a real good idea of how to make people do what you want because you can see the whole timeline of how things would work out if you make them do certain things so like you said he might have been even more of a pawn than he ever realized the whole time to get something that seemed like it was about mirak but in the end had nothing to do with mirak was actually about you right right yeah like Hermie was like well if i just if i hold on to him for long enough eventually he's going to rebel against me and that's exactly what i want him to do and one of the connections you get is with the skull village he gets something very specific that he wanted from there when brain sucking that old man (laughs) brain sucking oh man yeah, I don't, see, I, I just so, I think often with characters like Hermes Mora that you're just not going to outsmart him. It seems like that would be a rough situation to work around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I think yeah, there's a few gonna... Daedric princes who, mm-hmm. man, it is going to be tough to outdo them. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that like, and they, they probably like Hermes Moore probably knows enough to set him. It's like playing chess in a way where like yeah. you set yourself up in a way where whatever the you, you corner your opponent into making two choices and either choice leads to something positive for you. Exactly. Worst case it's scenario. Like, it's like, it's, you, yeah, it just comes yeah. down to you're either going to have to make this choice or this choice because you're cornered and both things are good. Both yeah, things are going to work things, towards my favor. So. Right. The worst case scenario is some type of stalemate where it's just like, I didn't lose anything. Right. Most likely you're going to give me what I want in right. one way or another. Right. Right. I either win this or I win this. Right, both right. things so are good for your me pick. right which thing are you going to give me that's the right that's really the question you get to exactly. choose how i win <laughs> <Exactly>. thanks <laughs> right 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 i can't make you give me things but i can make you choose how i win so yeah exactly yeah it's, thanks. A, it's a rough adversary <laughs> right right oh so there we go that's mirak and and i mean his character design too is just freaking awesome i, I he looks so awesome yeah so Cool stuff. Um, Lotus, you have any other things you want to share before we head out? No, not too much. Um, I think, yeah, just going to be recording tales this weekend, uh, like usual, but that's really all, all that I've been up to. I'm working on a YouTube video. Um, just because people have mentioned it, it's all related to our achievement discussion that we had from tales when you were there. Actually. Yeah. Um, I don't really do structured, videos per se so this is really going to kind of be my first thing and oh god like writing a script for structured videos it turns out i'm i am not missing my my career choice in that department whatsever because oh Oh, boy like yeah it's, it's rougher than i expected uh compared to you know i've been doing podcasts for so many years it's like oh how different is it the moral of the story very different (laughs) (laughs) it gets easier the more you do it i'm Um, sure it is this is the first one i'll be attempting so i you know i'm sure it will will require some fine tuning if i ever plan to do another one but just because you know the achievement thing is always like kind of the joke with me in general um i kind of wanted to i'm I'm making something on my thoughts uh, compared to the system that's currently in play. We discussed it and I'm kind of referencing us from uh, the show, the podcast, because again, obviously people listening to this or tales of Tamriel, we like podcasts, but not everybody <laughs> likes podcasts. So like, yeah, I I'm trying to condense that one topic that sort of kind of relates to my niche in game uh, for elder scrolls online into a video where some people have had some great thoughts and also concerns. So I'm going to attempt to, formulate some type of video around it uh, explaining what i think that they could do to really make that system even better with what they're doing with the next patch awesome that's a great idea yeah well good luck good luck man yeah uh and your uh youtube channel is just youtube yeah, lotus, lotus of, of doom. doom on youtube so yep you go, go search yep. that and uh, drop them a follow um yeah hopefully it'll be out this weekend yeah and uh sorry again for this episode being a day late if you were yep. looking for the live feed i'm going to be editing this we're doing this friday night right now but i'll be editing this tonight in order to just get it up as soon as possible so for uh most of you guys i think you probably won't even notice that it's late uh for the patrons it will feel late but i apologize um yeah that was on me just uh, real life yeah so uh send your send your angry letters to lotus of Mm -hmm. doom i was gonna say twitter (laughs) send them to twitter it's just lotus of doom (laughs) no no send him send him hugs uh because it's it's fine it's not a big rage hugs Um, rage hugs send him aggressive (laughs) hugs very aggressive hugs pick them up off the ground just lift them up um and uh you guys know where the rest of my stuff is uh robotsradio.net all sorts of podcasts there lots of different shows i'm tossing around the idea lotus of doing a new show oh boy you want to hear it yeah let's do it all right what if i did this Uh is this is going to be a big one lord of the rings Lorecast. Ooh, that is going to be a big one also my mom would probably listen to that this is like this is like the og the og lore love of all right life. and i've read like everything <laughs> yeah so okay so that's 
All right. This is going to be super weird. You can, we, we probably should have done this in like an outro thing, but now, oh, I, no. now I feel like we're so on. Uh, on. All right. So I, I tangentially, I like the Lord of the Rings uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And, and that whole middle earth thing. I, I'm uh-huh. not bonkers about it. Like a lot of other people, sure. but when I grew up, um, I always joke that like whatever my DNA is, that made me me <laughs> is uh my dad was like a huge jock and my mom was a huge nerd so uh, that's why i like the two basically diametrically opposed things i do where i'm a huge sports person but also a nerd like jock. nerdy stuff too mm-hmm. so one thing that um i've actually got right off to the side so apologies for the non um video version of this and this is so on the lord of the rings topic my mom uh is moving so she she was cleaning out her place and she found a gold leaf edition of the hobbit that she's had from when she was like younger that apparently my grandfather found that fell off a truck what Wow, and it it didn't take damage, but she's kept it all this time, and she's like, "Yeah, I know this isn't as much your thing, but it is such a cool collectible." So hold on, I'll grab it real quick just okay. for the video yeah. people. So um, I'm gonna show you guys too. This is the uh, this is the logo that I was working on earlier for for those of you in the uh, video chat. Um, but yeah, this is like this has been a uh, <laughs> please do it. I'll be the first patron says T Rex. Like yeah um and i recreated the the lord of the rings uh based off of a similar font to the movie but that, that's not it's not like i stole the like actually recreated it so um yeah show us what is it show us the picture all right the, so the actual book it's a literal gold leaf wow like it's actually gold leaf it's a slip case it's the it's it's a hobbit thing it's really really cool i've actually only opened this like four times wow that's cool <laughs> It's really just neat. So what it's going on my shelf of stuff. I believe it was from a 50th anniversary or something okay. like that was when it was printed. I wonder if I can see the actual so thing. That would have been, I don't want to open it too much because I don't the want Hobbit? the binding. Of the, the Hobbit. In the 80s, maybe? I believe it, that that would make sense. It looks uh, copyright. Yeah, maybe, like maybe the 80s. It, the copyright i assume is just the original written works yeah it's probably the original copyright but it may have a second copyright for that edition sometimes it lists that but anyway this is this is something i've been throwing around um yeah i to be fair like i said i've been a big lord of the rings nerd i ever like i've talked about this on the show before but i just to to share a little bit more about it um real quick i through high once i started writing papers in school like high school and then college every time i had any reason to write a paper at all and i could choose a topic i would always sneak in writing something about lord of the rings because (laughs) i i like i was the guy in college who in my spare time read christopher tolkien's books about how he like about the versions of the stories that he pulled information from to write the silmarillion like i was reading that crap as like my hobby uh, not even hobby it's just like in my free time like what was i that's doing so funny like i was such a I, nerd um, yeah i mean like that that's just it it's like you know uh, once i was slightly past children's books I remember like that would, that was basically my bedtime story. I would yeah. be read the Hobbit and then the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I, so, both of my kids, I read the Hobbit with them when they were like, yep. I don't know, seven or eight. Uh, we read through that the first time. Yeah. So they're good books. Yeah, man. All right. Well, that's what we got going on. Um, and, what a tangent to end. <laughs> what a tangent to end. So yeah, this might be a thing. I'm going to try and make it like real high production. It's going to be like a just me show where it'll be me just explaining the lore all the way from creation through all the all the Valar and like the elven hist lineages and like all of that stuff. Because I don't think there's a podcast out there that does it. So now I think I think that might be a new a new uh, yeah. new success if you end up doing that one. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I mean, there's shows that talk about that stuff. But oh, they course, talk about it but... in like a like a dialogue kind of way. 
and not in a like systematic like let me take you through all the lore step yeah, by the, step kind of way the lore cast style of shows that you do uh, including what we're doing right now mm-hmm. is just kind of a neat way of just filling things out and learning something about them without you know needing to just sit there and memorize wikipedias and, and, right, right. and, and all this stuff so right. learn elvish yeah sindarin and all that uh, like there's like token wrote like something like I don't know, eight or nine different languages, 11 different languages or something like that. It's like yeah. crazy amount I mean, of languages. He was, yeah. Yeah. That, that would be hard to do. <laughs> and I'm not good at language. That's not my thing, but yeah, I can, I can tie together. We barely pronounce English properly. <laughs> yes, we do. We do the show in <laughs> Elvish. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. We're going to go. We got to wrap up this show. Thank you everybody for being here. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Bye everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at Lorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESOLorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hello, gentle listener. Every Friday, be sure to tune in. What the hell are you doing, Ampersand? (laughs) Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, you old crusty coot? Uh, Anywhere you can get all your podcasts. You find it every Friday, you stupid cat!